0: blog talk radio welcome world welcome once again to tuesday talk with key west lou i am your host lewis Patron. well welcome back my friends good to be with you again this week there's all kinds of news out there all kinds of exciting demoralizing weird things happening in the world and we're not getting most of that news, and the reason is because there's so much of Donald Trump out there that there's no room for anything else. So hopefully some of the things I'll talk about tonight uh, will fill in where we're not getting, on the, getting it on the normal media. I will be mentioning Trump on occasion, but I promise you, very infrequently this evening. The first thing I want to talk, around to talk about, and the first person I want to talk about, is Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich, remember him? He's still out there. Uh, He was Speaker of the House of Representatives. Uh, He's been a candidate for President a couple of times. Uh, And he's still out there trying to find political favor. He is a supporter of Donald Trump also. Now, let me tell you why I'm going to talk about him tonight. It is very interesting. Uh, Recall, when Bill Clinton was impeached. Uh, Clinton was president when our friend Newt was uh, Speaker of the House. Newt Gingrich led the fight to impeach Bill Clinton. He thought what Clinton did with Monica Lewinsky was absolutely horrible, taking that girl in the Oval Office and having sex with her. Now, you have to understand that Under the federal law or federal rules, it's illegal for one federal employee to have sex with another federal employee in a federal building. Well, they had sex in the Oval Office. That takes care of the building. We know Clinton was president, so he's a federal employee. And she was a federal intern at the time, non paying job, but yet she was a federal intern, and that under the law made her a federal employee. So, Gingrich says, I'm going to get this guy, and he was despicable in the way he went after him and put through Clinton, Clinton through a lot of hell. Now, during this time that he's pursuing Clinton and saying, hang him, in effect, the Speaker, Newt Gingrich, is having sex in his Speaker offices with a woman by the name of Callista Bissick. Now, Calista We know Newt Gingrich is a federal employee. He's an elected congressman. He's Speaker of the House of Representatives. Callista was a paid federal employee. She was a congressional aide, and she was given Newt Gingrich aid in his offices. Can you imagine what a whore he was? He's having sex with her while he's trying to impeach the President, Bill Clinton, for having sex with Monica Lewinsky. Anyhow, it came out. It came out that Gingrich was having this affair, and he resigned his speakership, and very shortly thereafter, he uh, resigned from the Congress of the United States. So now let me tell you something about his three wives. He's had three wives. Not many people have in this country. Ronald Reagan had two. Uh, I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying that's bad. It's none of my business. But these facts are that I share with you. Uh, his first wife was Jackie Batley. Uh, now, <laughs> I I shouldn't laugh. Let me tell you about Jackie Batley. Uh, She was, well, they married. Newt was 19. She was 26. She had been his geometry teacher in high school. Need I say more? She had been his geometry teacher in high school. She was in the hospital with cancer, being treated for cancer. Newt Gingrich wanted a divorce. She was unaware he went to the hospital, and Esther for a divorce wanted her to sign papers, and at the time she refused. Okay. Now, his second wife was Marianne. Uh, Marianne, he wasn't that bad with. She was a conservative woman, very nice. He wanted open sex. I'm sorry, an open marriage with her. He wanted to swing. Group sex, that kind of thing, must be a hell of a life in Washington D.C. If the Speaker of the House of Representative and his wife can go out to a party where everybody's exchanging wives and nobody talks about it, etc., means other big people are doing this too at the same time. Anyhow, she said no. Now, he wa- he wanted to divorce her because he wanted to marry Callista Uh And she was a congressional aide, as I said. And they got married. And she's a very attractive woman, blonde. Uh, He always had this thing that wife number one and wife number two were not attractive enough to be the wife of a president of the United States. With him, hope springs eternal. But this third one, I don't know what the first two looked like. She's a very attractive woman. But what am I unhappy about with this whole scenario? And this is what I am unhappy about. Our president, Donald Trump, nominated Gingrich's third wife here, Callista Visick, now Callista Gingrich, to be ambassador to the Vatican. She's a Catholic. He's not to be ambassador to the Vatican. Now, and she's already had a preliminary vote of approval. She's expected to be approved with no difficulty in the next few days. Uh, I don't like the fact that Newt Gingrich is going to be walking around the Vatican. I'm a Catholic, though fall in a fallen-away one, but nevertheless a Catholic. He's going to be in the government house, the Vatican of the Catholic Church. He's going to be walking around with the authority of the spouse of the United States ambassador. That and people will know he's a former Speaker of the House of Representatives, ran two times, tried to be President of the United States, et cetera, et cetera, and his judgment. It's going to be worth something to them, especially since he's a conservative and most people in the pap- that work in the papacy are conservatives uh, and I, I don't want him influencing Vatican leaders with his judgments. Uh, I consider Gingrich a very immoral man. Uh, yes, I'm, I' you know judge not lest ye be judged. I am judging him, and I'm not saying I'm any better than him. I just don't want this guy in those rooms in the Vatican being accepted and listened to for the wisdom he purportedly has. He's not the man to be there. Why the hell Trump did this, I don't know. I suspect he did it because the Catholic Church in recent years, our congregation of bishops, or committee of bishops out of Denver, have gone over with the evangelicals and formed a union of sorts, only uh, by activity, not otherwise. And he wants the Catholics. Trump wants the Catholic Church solidified on his side when it comes to things like contraception, abortion, etc. in the United States. I consider Newt Gingrich a very immoral man. I do not want an immoral man speaking for uh, my country with the Catholic Church. Very simple. That's my position. Thought maybe you wouldn't know about his third wife being appointed ambassador to the uh, Vatican. Now I want to talk about our government, the United States government, uh, they're back in our bedrooms, in our sex lives. I'm talking about contraception. And I say to them when it comes to contraception, to the government, uh, get out of my bed, get out of my sex life. Get out of everyone's sex life in this regard. Again, contraception's the issue. Last week, uh, the it was announced that... Uh, Uh, one of the federal departments in charge of health, et cetera, et cetera, had uh, amended or changed uh, a certain portion of Obamacare, which had provided that uh, employers must provide contraceptives under the insurance plan for free to women. Uh, And if they found it against their religion, well, then uh, they had to raise that objection, and it would be ruled upon. Well, It's not going that well. A bunch of nuns fought it, and they lost in court initially. That's on the way to the United States Supreme Court. But the new rule says employees can opt out if the employer does not approve on religious or moral grounds. Can you imagine moral grounds? I don't even know what that means under the law. It's so wide. On religious or moral grounds, if the employer objects, then he doesn't have to provide it. Now, they gave two reasons why... They felt this was the right thing to do because, listen to me, there's 55 million women in the United States receiving contraception for free under Obamacare. They've whipped it out. It's effective immediately, Attorney General Sessions said. And what do you think the two reasons are in support of this? One, women already pregnant at the time contraception is utilized, if the woman's already pregnant, This could cause the fertilized egg to be expelled from the uterus. Could cause the fertilized egg to be expelled from the uterus. In effect, an abortion. Have you ever heard this before? I'm 82 years old, product of a Catholic education through college. I never heard this. Uh, And, in fact, what I've read is that there is no scientific or medical basis for that position. It's bullshit, all right? The second reason is even flakier. It's immoral. This is your government telling you this, what's moral and immoral. It's immoral for women to have sex without accepting the possibility of pregnancy. It's immoral for women to have sex without accepting the possibility of pregnancy. This, I think, represents the church's influence uh, now that they're in bed with the evangelists and the far right. Uh, Attorney General Sessions, not a straighter man exists in this world. He says the rule will be enforced immediately. It's in effect immediately. Now, let me tell you what I think. This one really gets to me. Contraception, follow what I'm saying, prevents unwanted pregnancies. Am I right or wrong? You practice contraception. If you do it the right way, 99.5% of the time, the woman will not get pregnant. Prevents unwanted pregnancies. This results, in my opinion, in a situation where abortion never becomes an issue. If the woman can't get pregnant, then abortions never discussed. All right? Very simple. So actually, contraception is good if you want to prevent abortions. I know this is half humorous, what I'm saying, but if you think about it, it's true, in effect. Now, I want to talk about abortion. I'm into this tonight. <laughs> Abortion. Uh, There is a Republican congressman from Pennsylvania, Tim Murphy. He's been around a long time. He's a leader in Congress of the anti-abortion movement. He recently co-sponsored the bill passed by the House. This was just two weeks ago. A bill was passed by the House of Representatives banning late-term abortions, banning late-term abortions. Murphy's married. Murphy has a girlfriend. It seems all of them have girlfriends. This is terrific. It's wild that he has a girlfriend. She got pregnant from their relationship. She told him. He emailed her. He said, consider an abortion. Would you believe it? One of the leaders in the anti-abortion movement in this country telling his pregnant girlfriend to consider an abortion. She got pissed off. She was upset. <laughs> and she wrote back, how could, how could you consider this? How could you recommend this after being such a fervent anti-abortionist all these years? Somehow the emails went public. Everything goes public in this country. Murphy announced he is resigning from the House Effective at the end of this month. Happy birthday, Afghanistan. Happy birthday, Afghanistan. Do you know that today's, what, October 10th, two days ago on October 8th, was the 16th year of our involvement in the war in Afghanistan. We've been there 16 whole years, and we're still there. Thousands of Americans dead, more maimed, uh, injured, some losing limbs, uh, civilian deaths, they increase. They're increasing dramatically right now. And while all this is going on, this big-time war, we're losing all these soldiers and they're getting injured and civilians, children are dying, et cetera. Opium production, you know, the, the heroin comes from opium. Opium production, the growth of the uh, poppy flower, opium production this past year went up 43% would you believe it 43 percent in one year now when the war started in 2001 opium was not a big deal in afghanistan they had raised it in the past to some degree but the taliban had taken over the country now we're in there fighting a war against the taliban the taliban for religious reasons were anti-opium okay so they told the farmers, you either stop or you die. What they did with those that were reluctant to stop because it was financially beneficial at the time, uh, not as good as today, they chopped their heads off. Very simple. So uh, the people of Afghanistan went out of the poppy uh, business, okay? They were out of opium. <laughs> now, 90% today, 90% of the opium in this world comes from Afghanistan. Afghanistan one country where there's this this horrendous war for 16 years. We have in the United States, on the streets of the United States, an opiate epidemic, okay? In the United States alone, we are experiencing in recent years 64,000 deaths a year, people dying from overdoses of heroin, which comes from opium which comes from the poppy flower that's grown in Afghanistan. Big money, big money. Now, got to be a lot of people on the take over there, and I'll tell you why here very briefly. I mean, money's got to be exchanging hands. I'm not sure between who, what countries, uh, et cetera, but you draw your own conclusions. I have said in the past several years many times, and I have written many times, why is it with this horrendous war, In Afghanistan, that never ends, our people keep getting killed, our people keep getting maimed, civilians being killed. Not one poppy field has ever been bombed, nor has one poppy farmer ever been killed. You heard me. Not one farm has ever been bombed. Not one farmer ever killed. Uh, Something stinks. Okay, somebody's got to be paying somebody off to stay away from these things. There's another problem here. We have a big, great, effective contingency of Marines there who are trying to help the Afghan people and who are opposed, who are opposed. And their job is to get the people to stop raising poppy and to raise other things like wheat and corn. In other words, instead of our Marines going and just bomb these goddamn fields, eradicate them get rid of them right away we're trying to tell the afghan people look but your land is good they have very rich land over there you can grow wheat and corn well who wants to grow wheat and corn they can't sell wheat and corn for the, the money they're selling the opium for they'll take a big drop in income it, it, it's it's simple they can't make the big money if they do that. I'm talking about even the farmers, the little people. They make more money growing that poppy poppy flowers than they would growing wheat and corn. So money's involved, and our government is afraid. As I understand it, our go- through there was a marine, a marine officer on television uh, two mornings ago, uh, on one of the shows. And he was very upset with what's going on there. And he says, our government, the politicos in Washington, are keeping the opium business going, and therefore the heroin on our streets. They won't. Our job is to eradicate the poppy fields. They won't let us do the job. Bomb them. Just destroy the fields. Rather, we've got to push. We've got to educate the Afghans about wheat and corn. Uh, and this is what's coming out of Washington. This is the political line. Uh, This is the administration's line, not just this administration. It goes back to Obama, et cetera. It's all of them, Bush, because they don't want the people to get mad at us. Some some of those people over there are on our side because we keep them content with payoffs and everything else. Not the kind I'm talking about here, but we do provide payoffs for people to remain our friends instead of going over the other side. And our government's afraid these people will desert us and join the other side. So I say happy birthday, Afghanistan. This war isn't going to end for a long time. Remember also this. The Afghan people are a tough people. Historically, they have been so. They're like the Vietnamese were, the North Vietnamese, during the Vietnam War. They just don't give up. They're hard-headed. They're firm. They're tough. The French tried to defeat the Afghans and take over the country. They failed. They left. The Russians tried for 10 years and got their asses whipped. They left. Now we're in there. We didn't learn from history. Bush, too, brought us in there, by the way. Uh, The second President Bush. It was his idea to go. I still don't understand why, because we are still there. So, happy birthday, Afghanistan. I hope I'm not here in 10 years, and it's still your ber- I hope I'm here in 10 years, but it's still not your birthday. Let's get it right. I want to talk about Puerto Rico for a moment. Puerto Rico is still with us. I cannot fathom, I cannot understand President Trump. I know they're not a state, but they are a territory. They didn't ask to be our territory. There was a war in 1898. Remember the Spanish-American War. One of the spoils of war, which the United States obtained from Spain but via the Treaty of Paris after the war, was Puerto Rico. We must have wanted it. We took it. Now there are 3.4 million Americans living there. We see the destruction on TV every day. Horrible. Terrible. I live in Sea West. 20 miles up the road, you got the same destruction over here, but it only covers about a 20-mile SWAT. It's disgusting. Why aren't we helping these people? We've already got electricity up there. We've had food and water up there immediately. They need power. It's almost a month since Irma hit Puerto Rico. And that was not Irma hit them. And then a week later, Maria hit them. They had two Category 5 hurricanes back-to-back. Uh, 90% 90% of the island is still without power. Now You can't do ship, excuse my language, without power. Telsa, you've heard of the company, T-E-L-S-A. They're in all kinds of things, electric cars and everything else. Their CEO is a very wealthy man. He's made his money uh, coming up with new things that work, and you've heard his name, Elon Musk, Elon Musk. He met with the president I'm sorry, he met with the governor of Puerto Rico, Ricardo Rosello, uh, a few days ago. And his statement, his joint statement with the governor afterwards was that he would like to solarize. You know, Puerto Rico's an island like Key West an Island. We've got all the sun down here. Why don't we have polar panels on the rooftops? Why go through the electric way? Let's make our own. There's so much sun here, you can't lose. Well, They're looking into it. He believes, Musk believes, it would be cheap to install and quicker to install. He's already done this in America, uh, the America uh, Samoa, and he's partially done it in Hawaii. Uh, I used to travel Greece frequently, and I can tell you this, certain of the islands are totally solarized, uh, especially Santorini, a very popular tourist place. Uh, Historically, uh, many stories to go with it. But every house had on top of it a solar panel, not like the wheel we see them here. They were actually boxes, maybe six by four, one of them, that's all. If it was a big building, it had five or six of them. And that's how they solarized, that's how they powered up, electrified, in effect, the buildings. If Greece can do it. And they had it on Armagos, too. The little island I go to that I love a month at a time, they people there do the same thing. They got these little solar boxes on their roofs, and it does the job. I watched all the TV I wanted 24 hours a day. I had lights when I wanted them. Uh, Everything worked. My computer worked. Uh, But we don't do it here. And one of the reasons we don't do it, let me tell you this also. I only know this from my Florida experience. If you take the time to ask and find out why we do not permit solarization, on any significant scale in the state of Florida, it is because Florida laws are geared to prohibit or minimize the use of solar panels. The electric companies, the utility companies, have a gigantic lobby in the state capital, Tallahassee, and it's very difficult to use solar panels. In fact, I'm going to tell you this during the hurricane, during the hurricane, those people that did have solar panels and are permitted to use them, very expensive down there if you do put them in, could not use them following the hurricane because the electric power was down, because the law says, and this law uh, was prepared by the lobbies for the electric companies, obviously, that some of the people, some of the men for the electric company out there on the poles trying to connect everything back up again might be injured if people used their solar panels. Maybe true, maybe false. I think it's bullshit. They just don't want the competition. It will affect them economically. Uh, Let's stay with Irma for a minute here. Some of you may be interested, I hope all of you are, in the recovery from Hurricane Irma here in uh, just in Key West I'm going to talk about right now. Uh, Key West was hit, hit pretty good, but if you see 20 miles up US 1, we weren't hit bad at all. It's a relative thing. Uh, we lost trees, we lost buildings, we lost rooftops, uh, cars turned over, tractor trailers, but not in comparison to 20 miles up to Keys. But we lost trees. I want to tell you something. that I- I've never seen so many huge trees, trunks you can't put your hands around, ripped up out of the ground, and maybe 10 feet by 10 feet or 20 feet in diameter, the roots and everything, out. And the little ones come out. The little ones are 20 feet tall, these trees. The leaves went first on the trees. Then the bark went. Okay. So you got leaves and you got bark and then you got the trees down. The trees have to be cut up and they've got to be transported out of here. It's called debris. And I'm not talking again about the furniture, the refrigerators, the buildings, that what I'm just talking tree debris. I have never seen so many down trees on the side of the road. There is not a street in Key West without down trees and it covers 60, 70, 80% of the street. It's absolutely amazing. Now, they've been out there working for three weeks. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, trucks all over the place removing this stuff. But the debris is of epic proportions. That is how it has been described. Of epic proportions. So the, the going is slow. There's just too much. It's been estimated there are 400,000 cubic yards of debris out there. I don't know what it is, but with what I see is 400,000, I got to tell you folks, it's a lot in three weeks. They've only been able to take away 70,000 cubic yards. That's 17 to 18% of what's there. It's going to take several more weeks to get rid of it. Fantasy fest comes up about the 22nd of this month. The debris ain't all going to be gone. Uh, and it's terrible. I'll tell you, the debris is terrible. It rains every day. October is our rain month. It rains every day. Well, the sun's up. Then it rains. The stuff gets soaked. Then the sun, the sun comes back out. It stops raining. Now the humidity comes into play, and this stuff sinks, stinks. It's been sitting there for a week or two. It stinks, this debris. It smells. It's rotten. Okay, that's that story. Uh Let's see, i can, I got time for one more issue here, and I love this one, too. I think bankers are whores. Banks and bankers are whores. Uh, they've got one of the strongest lobbies in Washington in the state capitals. Uh, they have laws made that favor them so they can make a shitload of money off people, everybody, you, me, and everyone else. And the bankers get rich. How many bankers make a million-plus a year? 2008, though, is the proof of the pudding. They gave us 2008, the banks and the bankers. Millions of people lost their homes, but, but a lot of bankers made a million dollars a year for the first time and because they made money off of people suffering. Millions of people went into mortgage foreclosure, and yet the banks never got hurt because of all the bad things they did. Uh, the foreclosures. Anyhow, I say, and I've been saying it since 2008, let's arrest a couple of bankers, charge them with these crimes, convict them, put them in jail, and the rest of them will stop pulling the shit, because they're still doing things wrong today, Uh, quickly, because I'm running out of time. Vietnam, CEO of a major bank, Nguyen Nguyen Son. Uh, He screwed up and somehow cost his bank 1.5 trillion dong, 65 million in American money. They arrested him, tried him, convicted him. He has been sentenced to I don't want any of these bankers to die, but send them to jail for five years. Thank you for joining me. I hope you've enjoyed the show this week. I do a live video every day on Facebook, Key West Lou Live, two or three minutes. I talk about whatever I think about when I sit down. You may enjoy it. Uh, Take a look. Other than that, thank you for joining me again this week. I look forward to being with you next week.